Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. I'm really excited today to be able to introduce to you uh, John Finkeldy. Uh, John Finkeldy has been a pastor for some uh, 30 years within a local church, raised up leaders, and for the last 11 years has been working as a church health consultant throughout the world. Uh, we had plans to have him here, I think it was 2000, well, 2020, I think you had planned to come, hasn't it? But, you know, we won't talk about why he didn't come, that which shall not be named. Um, but uh, John has finally been able to come. He's spent some time with our leaders. He's spent some time. Uh, coaching and examining some systems uh, and really giving us some tools and some steps forward to help us grow in a healthy and dynamic way. Uh, so would you please welcome uh, John Finkelty as he brings the word to us this morning. Thank you, sir. Thanks, that. Thanks, <laughs> Good man. Hey, great to be uh, with you. My first time to uh, Horsham and uh, did a walk down by the river yesterday. How gorgeous. So that river and uh, classic, iconic sort of Australian vibe to your town. So it's f- fabulous to be in this part of the world. And thank you for getting a hold of the thermostat and turning it up in the last two days. As a West Aussie boy, it's, um, it's good to feel a bit of warm. And I bring you greetings from the great nation of West Australia. <laughs> we've drained the moat, we've lowered the drawbridge, come. And they've allowed us out, so we're able to escape and get out of our, our great nation of Australia. And uh, can I say, um, can I just say thank you for being in church today? Thank you for continuing to follow Jesus. Thank you for continuing to stay in a community of faith through this last two and a half years of crazy. It's been a horrible season. Have not enjoyed the season. I'm sure you haven't. But thank you for continuing to follow the Lord. Thank you for continuing to serve the Lord. And your elders, your staff, your pastoral team, thank you for all that you do. I've loved hanging out with Pastor Simon the last few days. We hung out on uh, Zoom for quite a bit during 2020. Uh, got to know each other, but the last few days hanging out with you and meeting uh, Andrea this morning as well. But I love your pastor's absolute passion to honour Christ and also reach your community. I just love it. He's got a, you can tell it when he gets up here. He's got a fervour about him. He's got a strength about him and he's following of the Lord and the way that uh, he's pastored you and shepherded you and continued to stay. It hasn't been an easy couple of years for pastors. They've had to learn to look at cameras rather than look at people. And it's been a challenging season, but I love your pastor and uh, appreciate um, just all he's done to serve you as a church over many years. You've given me a warm round of applause. Why don't you give a huge applause for Pastor Simon and for Andrea as well. Yeah, come on, come on. A bit of a bit more sugar for the pastor. It'll keep him sweet. Just a little bit more sugar. Anyone got a whistle? Yeah, every pastor I do this to gets highly embarrassed. And so it's one of my great joys of traveling ministry. Uh, I've been in our church nearly 50 years. My wife has been in our church for 53 years. I know what it's like to be in a local church and stay through winter, summer, all seasons, and also just to continue to walk um, with the Lord. So I really am uh, genuinely um, sincere in what I'm saying today. Thank you for all that you do to serve the Lord. And if, if you get occasionally ticked off with your pastoral team or your elders, 
Um, and that happens over time, doesn't it? You get a little bit upset with them. They do things, say things you don't like and you get a bit ticked off. I, I believe the Holy Spirit has a wonderful tick removal ministry. And if you, got a, if you got a little tick in your heart and your spirit, just ask the Holy Spirit to get that little tick out and get the whole thing out. Just because you don't last in a community of faith unless you learn to love and forgive, as Jason was telling us over communion, how to love one another, how to be committed to each other. So important. Let's jump into the Bible. I'm in Mark chapter 10. If you've got a Bible with you, that's uh, great. You can follow along. If you haven't got a Bible with you, that's fine. The preacher turned up with one and that's always handy. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. We come into the story that is a story that weaves through the various gospels of Jesus journeying from Galilee to Jerusalem. It's a magnificent journey. If you want to study it in Luke, you can find it very distinctly as a journey. Luke really writes with a lot of journeys through his writings of Luke and Acts from Luke 9 to 19. You can follow the journey of Jesus from Galilee to Jerusalem. And at this point of the journey, they're 25 kilometers from Jerusalem. They're leaving the city of Jericho, the lowest city in the world. It's about 250 meters below sea level, Jericho. Jerusalem is about 750 meters above sea level. So in 25 kilometers, they're going to ascend 1,000 meters. That's a pretty steep journey. And uh, the psalmists talk a bit about this. They talk about the psalm of ascents, that you go up to Zion. And that literally is a geographic thing. There's a movement physically up. And Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And it says that his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, and there's a blind man there, Bartimaeus. We're not told how he got blind. I really would like a Bible with footnotes. How'd he get blind? Was he, was he a mercenary in a Roman war? Was he born blind? Was it a farming accident, maybe in his childhood? Was it something that spilled into his eyes and created blindness? I don't know. I don't know. I, I would love a footnote that would just give me more details, but all we know is that he's He's blind and he's sitting by the roadside begging. In the first century, there was no Centrelink, folks. There's no NDIS. To survive, you, you had to go out and do as Bartimaeus did every single day. And you'd lay out a bit of a cloak, a bit of a cloth, and you'd maybe have a little tin that you'd rattle with some coins in it. And you're hoping someone walked past with the leftovers of a Domino's pizza the night before and chucked the box on the side of the road. And you could feel for it and maybe smell for it and grab a few crusts. You, Hope that someone was generous enough to see that you're blind, that you're absolutely poverty restriction, restricted. You are, you are dependent utterly on people's giving. And he, he's sitting by the roadside begging there. What a miserable experience. I can't imagine as we pray for the persecuted church. I totally agree with Jason. I, I don't know what it's like to be in a persecuted church. And we don't suffer that in Australia as many other people do, and I, I don't know what it's like to be blind. I don't know what it's like to be poverty-stricken. This poor guy, and he, he hears a crowd coming, and Mark says, it's a large crowd. And you can tell as you, as you go on and read in the other Gospels that this crowd is a happy crowd. It's a buzzing crowd. It's a live crowd because they're on the way to Jerusalem to crown Jesus Christ as King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's on the way to Jerusalem to boot out the Romans 
and actually establish the kingdom of God in the capital of Jerusalem. And I must pause for a moment because I must have a drink of sparkling water. I have never been, and I've traveled the globe and spoken in a lot of different places, I have never been in a church with a sparkling water tap in the foyer. Seriously, you guys are rocking the world. My goodness, this is, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Oh, every other church on the planet serves plain water. You guys serve the guest speaker. Sparkling. Oh, mm. oh my goodness. I know what move of God you have, but that thing out there, that is just, uh, I've never seen that ever. Mm. Anyone feeling thirsty? You don't want to rush out to the foyer now, don't you, and have a bit of water. Well done. I tell all my friends about it. As soon as I saw that the other day, I'm sending pictures to my mates, my pastor mates, going, check this out. There's a move of God here in Horsham. I haven't seen this anywhere. I've totally lost my sermon, haven't I? Anyway, we're having a bit of fun. This crowd is, is moving towards Jerusalem, expectant, anticipating. They're buzzing. They're, they're chatting. Uh, I, I love the AFL. Go to the, uh, the Dockers games regularly. I'm a tragic Dockers fan. And went to the finals. We played the Bulldogs. First quarter, we're down about 40 points. We came back and uh, won that game. My goodness, I was there with my son, two of my grandsons. My goodness, we were high-fiving. We were yelling. We were screaming. That crowd, 60,000 people poured out of that stadium that night, buzzing. Everyone was getting on the trains, happy, chatting and everything. You know, when you go to the football, you go to a function that just makes you buzz and you walk away from it with the crowd. There's a sense of life, isn't there? There's a sense of, wow, I think I'll have a good 24 hours just meditating on that win. That's the feeling of this crowd. They're alive. They're buzzing. Their expectation is 25 kilometers Jerusalem. Jesus is going to march in Jerusalem, get rid of the Romans, establish the kingdom of God. The story before, James and John are saying, Lord, we want to sit on your right hand, your left hand when you come into your kingdom. They're anticipating that in the next few days. Bartimaeus is blind, but he's not deaf. Here's this crowd buzzing, happy, and you know what he thinks? Happy crowd, generous givers. Mm, going to be a good day for the begging business. Rattle the tin a little bit louder, make a bit of, little bit of noise, and thinks, oh, this is good. This is a large crowd. I can hear them coming, and they're still kind of moving past me. And he asks someone, what's this going on? What's the crowd about? Who's here? Verse 47, when he heard that it was... Jesus of Nazareth. Hmm. Someone said it's Jesus of Nazareth. I love that title of Jesus. It's not Jesus of Rome, the great military might, conquering power of the day. It's not Jesus of Jerusalem, the center of religious worship for the Jewish nation. It's Jesus of Nazareth. Anything good come out of that joint? <laughs> that little bypass, you know, you, you kind of, you know, to go to Capernaum, you don't have to go through Nazareth. If you really want to go to, it's, it's like Perth. <laughs> no one goes to Perth kind of like, oh, I think I'll just drop into Perth. You know, you don't just drop into Perth from over here. You've got to drive three hours to the airport, four-hour flight, squash in the plane. It's going to take you probably a good nine or ten hours by the time you land. Getting your, no one just drops into Perth. It's kind of less you got family or relatives. Who's ever been to Perth? Good on you. Well done. Come again. We are open for business. Jesus of Nazareth. 
It tells me that Jesus has come for the nobodies. Jesus has come for the people that other people have forgotten about. Jesus has not come for the rich, the powerful, the wise, the smart, the intelligent. He's come for people like you and me who know they need saving, who they know that, they've, that sin has wrecked and ruined and got into their heart, into their life, and they know they need a saviour. Jesus of Nazareth, he's come from a place that identifies with you and I. I got saved when I was 19 years of age, broken, burnt out, hippie, depressed, suicidal, not in a really good place at all. And when I discovered Jesus, oh my goodness, 26th of February, 1973, 8.45 p.m. on a Monday night in a church kitchen, I said, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, save me. Discovered right in that instant the peace and the power and the forgiveness of God. I thank God it's Jesus of Nazareth. You're preaching so well, John. Thank you so much. I thought that would get at least one amen. <laughs> pastor, help me out. Help me out, Pastor. Steve's clapping. I, I will. I will. Don't worry. I may stop for another drink of sparkling water, but not yet. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. <laughs> Thank you. This crowd's going past. He hears, I, what made him shout? Maybe he'd heard Jesus preach sometime. Maybe he'd heard of a miracle of a girl getting raised from the dead. Maybe of lepers getting healed. Maybe he heard about a, a storm that he'd calmed. Maybe a bunch of pigs that have gone into a lake. I don't know why he began to yell, but Jesus, son of David. And here's a blind beggar outside Jericho who knows there's a king walking past. My goodness, this guy is remarkable. Son of David. Not many people use that phrase in the Gospels. Very hard to find. The crowd, when he came to Jerusalem, Hosanna, son of David. The Gentile woman, Syrophoenician woman, son of David. That's about it. There's a blind beggar outside Jericho. There's something about Jesus going past. I'm not going to miss this moment. Jesus is right there. Jesus is coming past my life. I want Jesus to intervene in my life. I want Jesus to step into my life. He doesn't just kind of, oh, could, could someone just get Jesus' attention? Hey, Lord, over here. Jesus! He does something that breaks through even the noise of a large crowd. We'll find out as we go on in the story. This is a shout of faith. A shout of faith that gets the attention of Jesus. And I want to ask you one question this morning. What's your shout of faith at the moment? What are you believing God for? Jesus is available. He's walking past. He's waiting to hear from you and from me. What are you expecting God to do? Where are you looking for God to break through? Where are you looking for God to intervene? And to be honest with you, I do salute you because I think in the last two and a half years, if you're still in church... What you've done in the last two and a half years, that's a shout of faith. Enduring, persevering, standing in a place of integrity or faith, that's a shout of faith. A shout of faith is not just a literal, Jesus! Though sometimes it wouldn't hurt for you to get in the car this week, head out to a paddock, 
and have a darn good yell. You can do that in the country town. Excuse me, I, I cannot allow this glass to remain anywhere near full. Oh, my Lord, thank you. It wouldn't hurt you this week to go for a drive in your car and have a yell with the Lord. Most famous Christian song to come out of Australia in us 30, 40 years, what is it? Shout to the Lord, oh, the earth, let us sing. Shout. Don't whisper. Shout. Make a noise. It's okay. It's great today because you can be driving along in your car yelling your head off to God. God, I'm believing for this. God, I need you to move in this. And sometimes the Lord, I think, is looking for us to move in a way that grabs his attention. Because it wasn't Bartimaeus just whispering, just, oh, possibly, Lord, could you kind of jump in here and help me? I'm a poor blind beggar over here. Sometimes you need to get in your car, get down the paddock and yell, shout to the Lord. And don't worry, the person pulling up at the lights next to you and sees you yelling, they'll just think you're having an intense conversation on your phone. I think you listen to some Led Zeppelin and going off or something like that. I don't know. Find a place for some of you, your shout of faith is to actually go to a place of prayer and begin to cry out to God. Because I believe that what I've noticed in my own life and pastor for 30 years in our church, I've noticed that we, we live with problems and they almost become pets. We get so used to them. We're so accustomed to them. We're so comfortable with them. We just think, oh, that's, that's the way it is. Can't do anything about it. Can't move that. Can't shift that. So good to come to church and remind ourselves that Jesus is a king. He's a Lord. He's a great God who can actually intervene. Sometimes just to, if I can help you today, awaken to the fact that that challenge you're facing doesn't have to remain. God can intervene. I, I sit down, it's, it's two years and eight months ago, three years and eight months ago, I sat down with the Lord and said, Lord, I need some breakthrough change in my world. And five things, five things, God. My best friend, Rod Waters, got cancer. I need to break through in our ministry just to take it to a next level. Wanted uh, a few other things that were more personal. And I wrote them down on a bit of paper. Still got the bit of paper today. And I said, Lord, I'm going to bring these five things before you. And I'm going to do a fa 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 hard to say this word, fa 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 a fast. I prefer that word with an E in it. Back row just got that. I don't like fasting. Does anyone here love fasting? Don't even bother putting up your hand. I know you'd be lying. It's just fasting is like this spiritual activity that just crucifies your flesh and all you got to do is you can only drink sparkling water, but I refuse to give up coffee, so I'm still drinking black coffee. But I said, Lord, I'm going to do a five-day fast for five days. Why? Because I wanted to shout to the Lord. I wanted to make a declaration. I wanted to say, Lord, I'm here. I want to move into a place of faith and believing you for breakthrough and change. And one of the things that COVID has done to us has made us timid. It's made us hesitant, it's made us pull back, it's made us shrink a little bit. We've, we've stepped away a little bit because it's damaged all of us. All of us have got mental, emotional damage through the last two or three years. 
I'll put my hand up. Absolutely. But I tell you what, now we're kind of getting it a bit in our rear view mirror. I refuse to live in that place of timidity and hesitancy. And I sat down with this fast, went three, four days, and I thought, man, this, this fasting, it felt easy. One of the few times I've done some decent fasts, but this one felt easy. Sometimes I got sick when I fast. This one felt easy. I got five days. I felt so good I kept going. Now, that's an act of God. I went six days, seven days, eight days, nine days, ten days. At the end of ten days, I think, I'm done, Lord. I need more than water and black coffee. I began to eat again. And I've kept this bit of paper because I regularly just remind the Lord, say, Lord, I'm believing you for this breakthrough. The great thing is my friend Rod just went into remission a month ago. Three and a half years later. Thank you, Lord. The whole ministry has shifted unbelievably, incredibly in the last three and a half years. The other three things, one of them has definitely got a line through it as well. Three out of the five done and dusted. The other two are kind of moving, but still waiting. That's why I'm like never getting rid of this bit of paper. Because I'm saying, Lord, I did a 10-day fast shout to you, and I stay in a place of faith around these things. Sometimes you have to stay with something. Maybe the Lord is calling you to do something spiritually strategic that is an activity. It may be going out every day for seven days, praying, yelling in your car. You may head out to a paddock, to a farm and yell at the cows. It may be that you, you come to the ministry expo in the next couple of weeks and your shout of faith will be, well, I've, I've had a siesta, I've had a little break, but I'm, I'm going to step forward. I'm going to kind of get, get involved somewhere. I'm going to do a little bit of serving. and I've kind of got the hand off the plow and I've had a nice little break, but I'm going to step back into serving. Maybe that's your shout of faith. I don't know what it is, but what is your shout of faith? Where do you need that thing to shift? Where do you need it to move? Where do you need to see the change that you want? And maybe this morning the Spirit of the Lord is just bringing to your mind your you're living too comfortably with that. It's time to move it. Verse 48, many rebuked him. <laughs> Imagine a blind beggar is yelling out to Jesus to have mercy on him. People say, hey, hey whoa, 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 baby, stop that. We're going to Jerusalem to get rid of the Romans. Can't go and be having anyone uh, stopping Jesus. They told him to be quiet. Imagine you telling a blind beggar to shut up. How rude. What did he do? He shouted all the more. <laughs> you got to love this guy. Jesus! You're not shutting me up. Son of David! Jesus stopped. My goodness. That's two beautiful words. Jesus stopped. Jesus hears this guy yelling. Hears the decibels go up. And Jesus stopped. It's a bit like uh, the Queen, as she rests in peace. Whenever she walked, saying hello to people or, or a crowd, there the generally was two or three people with her, a bit of security and someone introducing. Whenever the Queen stopped, what did the other people do? Stopped. They just went and stepped with her. I can imagine the whole crowd. Boop. <laughs> Jesus stopped. said, call him. So they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Never trust the mob. They turn in a second, shut up. Oh, Jesus, you want him? Oh, yeah, come on, mate, go and get on your feet, get going. 
Good grief. Throwing his cloak aside. I love that. I just, I just see Domino pizza crust flying, coins flying. He jumps to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. A most bizarre question, but Jesus had actually asked it a few verses before when James and John came to him and said, Lord, uh, we want you to do what we ask of you. <laughs> pretty, pretty outrageous. Jesus said, well, what do you want me to do for you? So he says to uh, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Lord, I've got a little begging business here that's really kind of going okay, but gee, a lot of crowd here. If you got them to really dig deep, I wouldn't have to come out here for a month. Is that what it says? Ah, no, it doesn't. I love this guy. I want to meet this guy in heaven. He shoots for the stars. And he shoots for the stars in a fascinating, remarkable way. He says, the blind man says, no, Lord, don't worry about blessing my begging business. Rabbi, so he calls him son of David, king, rabbi, teacher, master, one I'm going to follow. I want to see. Now, here's the, whoa, hang on. No one in the Old Testament got healed of blindness. You won't find one miracle in the Old Testament of the healing of a blind person. The healing of a blind person was reserved for the Messiah. You'll find it in Isaiah. That when Christ would come, when Messiah would come, Jesus said it in Luke 4, recovery of sight to the blind, that's my calling. It's a, it's a miracle reserved for the Messiah. You know what Bartimaeus is saying? You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. My goodness, how did a blind beggar on the outskirts of Jericho realize that Jesus of Nazareth was a king and a rabbi, but also the Messiah? He has an insight that is remarkable. Rabbi, I want to see. I love Jesus' response. He said, go, off you go. He doesn't even say, be healed. He said, go. Your faith, your shout of faith has healed you. I suppose you do like I do. I always wonder, what if Bartimaeus hadn't yelled out? Ah. What if Jesus had walked past? We'd never have a story, but your faith has healed you. Your shout of faith, your persistence, your perseverance. I've got two more things on this list. I'm persevering with these things. I'm not giving up on them. I'm going to stay with them. I'm going to shout louder till I see the Lord come through on all of the five. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight. And followed Jesus along the road. And I'm not going back to begging. I'm not even going back to Jericho. I'm going on to Jerusalem with you, Jesus. Whatever's going on, I'm staying with you because you've done something in me that no one else could do. Why don't you close your eyes where you're sitting? I want you this morning to make a seriously good decision. If you're watching online, live or replay, I want you too to make a seriously good decision. A brilliant, make a brilliant decision today. And decide what's your shout of faith. What do you need to see move? What needs to shift? What needs to change? Is it something with a family member? Is it a business scenario? Is it a health challenge? Is it a friend going through trauma, difficulty? What is it? What are you going to do with it? Maybe it is getting in the car and 
praying loudly. Maybe it is even you're going to soak, soak and saturate yourself in the Bible for a couple of weeks. Maybe you're going to fast Netflix binging and go Bible binging for a while. Maybe you're going to switch on the audio Bible when you get in your car every day for seven days. I don't know. What are you going to do? Fast. Is there a spiritual activity the Lord wants you to move into as a shout of faith? Is there an attitude, an addiction that you want to shift? Is there an aspiration you want to see fulfilled? What is it? What's your shout of faith? Just where you sit, make a brilliant decision right now. Don't say, I'll think about it this afternoon. Don't do that. Make it right now. Draw the line right now and say, Lord, I'm going to see this move. I'm going to take this step. Faith without works is just a corpse. I'm going to move from where I am to where you want me to be. Jesus, I'm praying right now for grace and strength. Lord, we make decisions, but your Holy Spirit empowers us to follow through, to do what we've decided. So, Lord, I'm praying for every soul in this building, every soul online that's making a brilliant decision right now, Lord, that you would give them grace and strength You would empower them by your spirit to act on their decision. Give us your power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you.